0: Hey, this is Lisa, and I have a returning guest with us here today. Uh, I have Tony. Say hi, Tony. Hi. Hi. Uh, Tony is a returning guest because we had him on the Marathon Man episode, and also we did The Shining. He is also my dad, <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of similar movie tastes. And so, Dad, what what movie did you want to discuss today?
1: I want to discuss The Book of Eli.
0: Perfect. Okay. Um, I'm kind of excited to do this. It's a little bit different than some of the other movies we've previously discussed. Uh, The Book of Eli came out in 2010, and I'm going to read a synopsis really quick, and then we'll kind of jump into everything. Okay?
1: Yes. Sounds good.
0: Okay, great. Okay, so here we go. 30 years after war turned the world into a wasteland, a lone warrior named Eli, Denzel Washington, marches across the ruined landscape, carrying hope for humanity's redemption. Only one other man, Gary Oldman, understands the power of what Eli carries, and he is determined to take it for himself. Though Eli prefers peace, he will risk death to protect his precious cargo, for he must fulfill his destiny to help restore mankind. Well, Dad, why, why do you like this movie so much? Like, uh, when, when did you first see it?
1: I first saw it. Oh my gosh, what was it when it came out? But I didn't okay. So you, do you see it in theaters? No, I did not. I saw it at home. Oh, okay. The first year it came out in um, DVD, I saw it, and uh, I like it for a number of reasons. It's a very noble cause, and mm-hmm. before uh, I go into that, can I read who the characters are? Sure. Okay. First of all, Eli is the protagonist, and he's he's a man. He's just a man named Eli. There really is no book of Eli in the Bible, like um, I've been asked that question. Bill Carnegie is the antagonist, and he's the, uh, well, Eli is played by uh, Denzel Washington, and Billy Carnegie, or Bill Carnegie, is played by Gary Oldman. Uh, Solara, Solara or Solaria, Solara, I guess, is played by, um, what's her name? Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. And then Solara's mom, is her name is Claudia. I'm not sure who the actress is. And she does a great job. Uh, there's a bald guy named Red Ridge. And he is, mm-hmm. um, he is uh, Bill Carnegie's right-hand man. Um, and so he's a bad guy. And then there's Goons and Minions. And we don't know who else's names are there, but they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now the reason I like this book, again, it, it's several reasons. Uh, it's an adventure. It's uh, lots of action. Lots of killing and massacring and cutting and shooting. Um, so it's a good action film, but it has a very noble uh, purpose. Uh, he, this man has a mission. He's got this book, and he wants to take it, and not for his own purposes, but for the world. So, you know, you can't get any more noble than that. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. What else do we
0: um Oh, I was wondering if I could run over a couple quick facts about the film really fast. Yes, please. Okay. So here's a couple quick facts about the movie. Um, A critic described the movie as Mad Max for the 21st century. And ironically, five years later, there was a 21st century Mad Max movie starring Tom Hardy.
1: Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: The film, I was kind of wondering what the time period was, but I read that the film takes place in 2043. Oh, Yeah. And that's pretty much all I had. I wanted to talk a little bit about the directors, um, Albert and Alan Hughes. Were you familiar with their names? I was
1: not. And uh, they're brothers, right?
0: Mm -hmm. They're brothers. They directed uh, the movie From Hell. I think their first movie that they directed that kind of put them on the scene was a movie called Menace to Society. I don't think I've seen that, but I've seen From Hell – And then they're also uh, putting out a new movie that's coming out soon called Alpha, if you've seen the promos for that. I have not, and I'm not familiar with
1: anything else they did, but they certainly did (laughs) a a good job here.
0: Yeah, uh, you should check out the trailer for Alpha. It's coming out soon. It's pretty much about, I guess, like the dawn of man. Okay. It's like about a, a young guy and his wolf and their friendship and whatever perils he gets into i guess okay (laughs) yeah yeah i i can't say that i'm super familiar with these directors um like i said i think the only other movie i'd seen was from hell but i thought it was interesting that you know the lead character in this movie is denzel washington Mm. uh, is a person of color and so are the directors so that seemed kind of intentional to me that they casted him um as the main protagonist as you mentioned yeah
1: i think they like working with it
0: yeah yeah. Um, so, you know, you are talking about Denzel Washington earlier. As, as you said, he plays the character Eli. Obviously, I mean, I could go on and on about, you know, Denzel's career. He's obviously very uh, established. Uh, you know, you remember him from movies like Training Day, Remember the Titans and Malcolm X. In fact, he won uh, Best Actor for Training Day, and he also won Best Supporting Actor for Malcolm X. So, yeah. you know, the guy has a really impressive career, but I think he's done all types of movies. Yes, um yeah uh and let's see i know that he performed his own stunts on this movie for all the hand-to-hand fight scenes in the post-apocalyptic action movie that we're talking about so that's pretty cool that he does his own stunts um and yeah i think he's very well cast in the role i like the character eli he's kind of i mean he does like you said he's pushed to violence at certain points but you wouldn't describe him as violent, right? Like that's not usually his first impulse. It seems like he always tries to give the characters in a film an out almost every time there's a confrontation.
1: Yes. And it's interesting that, that you uh, mentioned that um, he does all his own stunts because Gary Oldman said that he was impressed that Denzel Washington, a man of his age, whatever that is.
0: Yeah, because he's <laughs> not young in this movie at all. Yeah.
1: He was doing his own stunt and Gary was impressed. And of course, as you can as you can see when you see the movie, Denzel does a lot more physical things than than Gary Oldman.
0: Than anyone else, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. And in t- getting into Gary Oldman, who he mentioned plays Carnegie, the the main bad guy, which you know Gary Oldman is always a great bad guy. Yeah. Um. I feel like that's how he kind of started out, and it's only been recently that he's done you know nicer characters mm-hmm. like. Um, Let's see, I think, you know, most recently, obviously, I think he won Best Actor for Darkest Hour, where he played Winston Churchill. Still haven't seen that. Um, I Black. loved him in, huh?
1: Sirius Black.
0: Sirius Black in the Harry Potter movie, so a good guy in those. Uh, he was in Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, another one of my favorites of his performances. Obviously, The Fifth Element, Sid Nancy, Dracula, one of your favorite movies, right?
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: And then uh, Nolan's Batman trilogy, he's Commissioner Gordon. So yes. he's done a lot in pop culture, but I always enjoy him when he's a bad guy. I think he does that really well. Oh, yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Even in the the Assassin or movie with uh, what's-her-name, uh, he is the bad guy. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about?
0: No, no.
1: Uh, what's his name? I think they use the name. His name and the assassin is the subtitle of it. Uh, it'll come to me. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, keep thinking about it. Um, we should talk a little bit um, about about the plot then, right? Okay,
1: yeah. Let me let me make this yeah. statement. Clearly, okay. this story is about appealing to a higher power. Both Eli and Carnegie recognized God, but in different ways. And I'd like to go into that a little bit. Um, uh, he's a... It, um Carnegie is the tyrant and he's got himself a little town and uh he rules it with a with a very uh with an iron fist and he kills people and he has them killed by his minions minions whenever uh it's that's necessary. But he wants to do better. He wants to rule it a different way, and that's where where we discover that he's looking for this particular book and he'll pay any price to anybody to get these books, no matter how they they get them, and he doesn't tell them what book it is. And even if he did tell them, they can't read. And that's an interesting right.
0: Well, yeah. So in this world, not just that particular book, but all books are gone. Right. They're forbidden. They've all been destroyed. And they don't ever really explain why this is post-apocalyptic. They don't say what happened. I mean, you can kind of infer that there's radiation and that there's bombs. There's like craters in the film that you can see. But part of like reestablishing this new world
1: is that there's no more books. Yes. and um, And not so much that they try to destroy the books, but they've been destroyed.
0: No, no, they're intentionally destroyed. That's the sense that I got in the movie. Really? They're banned. Like, you can't have them. That's another reason why Eli hides it. You're not supposed to have books
1: oh, I, at all. I did not. I did not. Do yeah. That. Um,
0: because, yeah, because uh, so to me in this in this story, so we're wa- there was like a big flash that they allude to a lot. So you can kind of guess that was a bomb. That's what made Solera's uh, or that's what made a lot of people blind. Uh, Solara's mother is blind from birth Solara sorry mm. um but a lot of people are you know affected by this blast and people that live after it they don't even remember what it was like before yes so so the only people that can read are people b- born before that time before books were banned so you kind of have to piece that together but it's definitely in the in the story
1: okay yeah and, and I, I I'll go along with that
0: Okay. So to me, um, I guess I guess we're going to have two different takes on this movie, I think. Because your take is that they're appealing to a higher power, and I think you can certainly read it that way. I think my take from when I watched this movie is that knowledge is power. Um, and I get that from the fact that not just the Bible is banned, but all books. In other words, I think that they want to remove this idea from people that they can – get some kind of philosophy or religion or whatever that is. They want to like pull that away because they feel that that's what started wars because a lot of wars are started over different
1: ideologies. That's kind of what I got. And that, is, that is there. Now what I noticed yeah. is, is that um, Carnegie clearly wants to be the leader of the new world that he is, he is restarting and he wants the book, right. use it because he believes that it's a useful book, not necessarily that he believes right. in its divinity. And I want to go into that by saying this, that he wants to be a tyrant and, and or a dictator that doesn't necessarily have to kill things or do the things that he doesn't want to do, as he stated. And he wants to use the power of this book to make everybody behave. Um.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, I would say for Gary Oldman, you know, right now he controls the town because he controls the water in the town, right? What? Nobody can get water without his say-so. He he hoards it and he doesn't allow people to have free open access to it. And that's resources. like yeah. one of the ways he can... Huh? He has
1: resources and people see him as a leader and he has manpower.
0: Yeah, but he, he also withholds it. Like, you know, everybody has that turn to get the water and he gives Solara that little um, ticket and she gets to go ahead of everybody else and fill up the canteen for Eli. So, I mean, I think in a way he's sort of, I mean, he's very controlling and he he runs the town. And he knows that if he can gain access to religion that he could control them even further. I mean, I read it as he wanted to control them the way that the church used to control. Oh, yes, I agree. Um, So, let's see. Where were we so far? So, we talked about um, Eli coming into this town that Gary Oldman controls, but he's just passing through, right? Right,
1: that's all. And Oh, he does, he does have to charge his batteries.
0: Yeah, because he listens to an iPod.
1: But he really, other than getting water, he needed water.
0: That's right. He went into right, the bar to order no water.
1: Of- right, and he had no plans of staying.
0: Right, and right away, but- Gary Oldman sees how strong he is when he gets into a fight at the bar and he he realizes right then and there he needs to add this guy to his goon patrol or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a good fighter. He's smart. He he asked him if he read. He said he read every day. So he says, you know, we're the future. Those of us that can read. Yeah,
0: I like that part of the movie where he stresses that it's actually the older generation now that uh, that is the future. Mm-hmm
1: right exactly. Yeah,
0: and that's like you said earlier, that's where we find out like books, you know, are hard to come by and, you know, for some reason Eli is very protective of the book and he doesn't really know that Carnegie's looking for that book. But when Carnegie kind of forces him to stay there the night and uh, he tries to send him food and then he tries to send him Solara. Um that's when we find out that the book is something that he's hiding because we don't know that necessarily before that part, right?
1: Right. All we know is that he's looking for a particular yeah. book because he has those students bring him a bunch of books. Incidentally, you remember what books they brought him? No, no. They brought him, when they, they put them on his desk and he spread them out and I was able to notice the Da Vinci Code, nice, the Oxford American Dictionary, and the Oprah Magazine.
0: <laughs> it's pop culture. And when he,
1: when he, <laughs> and when he discovers that it's not the book he wants... Uh, uh, Red Ridge says what I do with this he says burn but see,
0: them. again I think that's reinforcing the banned book idea not only does he like want to get rid of all the books he wants to get rid of all the books that aren't the bible too Like, I think that he wants yeah. to severely restrict people's information right well, exactly so Absolutely. even when they find books he wants to get rid of those too unless they're the bible I, I just thought that was interesting um, also the night where Eli is kind of put up in that room, we meet uh, Jennifer Beats character, Claudia, which is Solara's uh, mother. Um, and we find out that yes. she's blind. Um, yeah. Yes. And, uh, oh, go that's, ahead.
1: No, that that's pretty important. I'm just adding.
0: So, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Jennifer Beale's character. She's Claudia, which is Solara's uh, mother in the film. Uh, you might remember her. She was uh, the main character in Flashdance. I kind of recognized her more recently from a show that I used to watch called Lie to Me um, that I really liked. So I I recognized her right away. Uh, We find out that she's blind and uh, Eli asks her how that happened and she says she was born blind. So she's kind of spared what I guess a lot of people his age may have gone through, which is they sort of imply that a lot of people went blind when they saw the flash, right? right? That's
1: correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that comes up later, but in this scene we just learn, you know, who she is, and um, he he asks, I think he asks her if she's with Carnegie, and she says no, but that they belong to him all the same. He owns them, that's right. Yeah, he owns them. Um, And so then she gives him food and leaves, and then there's a scene uh, where basically Carnegie says he's going to use her daughter, Solara, yeah. to, you know... to to woo over Eli because he's rejected his offer. And so Solara goes in there and when Eli tries to reject her, she says, well, let me just sleep on the floor and I'll just make up a story. And he goes, okay. And then he's like, well, you know, let's, let's eat food. And he shares his food with her and, and then they pray. And she's not familiar with that custom because again, there's no books anymore. There's no religion anymore. So she's not familiar with that. Um, and she also asks him about his book, and he won't tell her anything about it, That's right?
1: That's correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this goes with a the theme in the movie of us not getting to see the book either, right? We don't really get to look at it. We don't really
1: it. get to look at it. We do know that it, that yeah. it has a leather. Well, we don't know that at this point, but later leather, she describes it. It has a cross on it, and it's yes. leather bound. And, and, you know, that kind of gives us a yeah. little more. Of a hint, but I thought I thought the statement was interesting. This one where she says, oh, "Please let me stay. Don't throw me out because if you do, it'll go real bad for my mother." Please let me stay. I won't be any trouble. And then from then on, she's nothing but trouble. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think yeah. Well, you know, Eli doesn't know. Well, so in that earlier scene that you were talking about, did he directly? Well, he didn't know that Eli has the Bible
1: yet, it right? He want, just wants like him. To stick Just around. like you were saying, he wants Salera to convince him to stay, but also to spy on him, okay? And to yeah. keep him there, because the longer he keeps him in the town, the longer he has a chance to convince him to stay. But then, later the next day, uh, Carnegie discovers uh, that he has a Bible, simply because he asks Salera to describe the book. and so.
0: Well, she starts praying, and he figures out that... You know, she couldn't have learned that any other way. And so he asks her about that.
1: She's about to have lunch with her mother. And before she does, she she asks her mother to hold my hands. Trust me. Close your eyes. And she prays. And then she doesn't know how to end it. And then Carnegie says, amen. That's how you end that prayer. Amen. And he discovers this girl just spent the night with this man. This man prayed. He's got to have the book.
0: Yeah, and and he asks her if she has the if he has a yeah. book, and she admits that yes, he has a book he reads every night, and he gets her to admit that by torturing her mother, like grabbing her and hurting That's her. That's
1: right. He pretty much beat it out of her. She doesn't voluntarily give it.
0: Right, because she can tell. I mean, he had told her that not to mention it, and it was private. Mm-hmm. Um so, after knowing that, he immediately goes after Eli, but Eli's one step ahead and is already trying to leave right no no
1: oh yeah, not only try- yeah trying to leave town that's right he's already left the room he's across the street picking up his battery, and uh, that's when they confront him on on out on the street like in an old western it's 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 a stand down, and uh somebody's not going to get out of there alive mm-hmm. now the, the interesting one interesting little point was when they discovered that Eli wasn't in the room that he'd escaped. Immediately, they execute the guard that was watching him, which is the way uh, it really reveals the way Carnegie was was running uh, his government or his town. Uh, just brutal. And, and that was a yeah. very bad idea because every every person on your side that you kill, you don't have them anymore. And later on, he discovers that he needs them. They are in the street and they this is where we get to see what a great fighter and what a great uh, gun. Shooter and arrow.
0: He's got a lot uh, of weapons.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's a great archer and he, and he's great with a shotgun and he's great with a pistol. And he kills all these people. And and they can't kill him even though they shoot at him several times. And this this kind of gives us the, the possibility that God really is protecting him. Because remember, Red Ridge shot at him two or three times in the back and didn't hit him. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible. Because he was a good shot. Yeah. Okay, so, so then, uh, where do we go from there?
0: Uh, I don't know if it's the very next scene, but somehow Solara tries to join him when he leaves town, right?
1: She later says that her mother told her to go after him and get out of this yeah, town. she
0: wanted him to t- she wanted her to leave with him, and he resists yes. that idea she right
1: right. She catches up with him, talks him into uh taking her, which he doesn't want to two or three times. he says no. And then she says, I know where the water is. So they go, they fill up the water. He locks her in there. She gets out somehow and finally catches up to him. And he even rescues her life. And they become attached. And now they're kind of a couple of people, not a couple, but a couple of people that are going uh, on this mission. And he explains the mission to her about the book. Mm -hmm. And and then of course Carnegie and the and the, his minions they all jump in a, in three vehicles and they go after after him. Mm-hmm. And and then I think
0: the next scene is with the the old couple. Is that right? Where they run into yes. that house? Yeah, yes. they need more water and they need food.
1: Tell us about that. Yeah,
0: so there's a an interesting scene where uh, they they end up at this house and the couple invites them in. And they're pretty, or at least Eli is pretty hesitant at first. And then they get in there and, um, you know, they seem really nice. They seem like they're trying to get to know them. But they notice, or you notice right away, that their hands are like shaking. And
1: which means that they're cannibals. Yeah, later that
0: he reveals that they're cannibals and that's why. Um, But they decide, you know, it's time to go. And as soon as they decide it's time to go, that's when Carnegie shows up with all his men. And at the yeah, door. and start shooting at them. And it's a really and big then, standoff I, at that point, yeah.
1: It really is because this couple, this old old couple, has a lot of guns and ammunition and they fight back, but in the end, the couple ends up getting killed. But before we go any further, do you know who that couple was? No. The two actors that you're not gonna believe this. That actor was Dumbledore. And the woman was that giant woman in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, with Hagrid. Yes. Yeah, they managed to make them two American old people that were.
0: Uh, oh my gosh, I did not notice that at all. No,
1: I didn't either. Somebody had to tell me that. But but you're right. They come over. They they end up killing that couple, destroying the house. Uh, they, he wants the uh the the book. So finally. The only way they get it out of Eli is by threatening to hurt Solara. Well, they also shoot Eli a bunch of times, don't they? Well, not yet.
0: Oh, not yet. Okay.
1: They 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 threaten Solara, and uh, again, like I said before, she was nothing but trouble. After she promised she wouldn't <laughs> be any trouble, so he gives up the book. He tells he tells them it's it, it's in the house, it's in the in the television. So they go over there get the get the book out. And now, Carnegie's done. So he shoots Eli. He shoots him just one time, actually. Shoots him in the in the belly, in a non-critical part, apparently. But at that moment, you don't know that. And here's here's where my brother Gil pointed out. He says there is a at the time that Eli is shot, there's this lightning in the background, kind of like almost.
0: Oh, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah,
1: showing God's displeasure. Or, or he interprets it that way, and it could be that. And this is where the div- divine comes in, where maybe God was protecting him. But now he's been shot, and he can't get up. He can't fight back. Carnegie takes the book, and he says, see, he'll, he will he's just another man. He's just a man, even though he was able to do all those amazing things physically, kill all his pe- people and so on, all his men. And so he leaves, and they leave Solera behind um, for, for several reasons. And so she goes back. Well, yeah, no, she has to get it. They take her first. She gets away. She goes back, finds Eli, and then they head west, which is where Eli is going. And she learns more about his mission.
0: Yeah, and then there's. this is when we get the big reveal too, right? Because they head west. Gary Oldman opens the book,
1: right? Yes, he, he, he can't open it because it's locked. So he takes it over to the uh, engineer. The engineer unlocks it. He opens it up, and he can't believe it. We can't see him looking at the book. All we can see is his expression. He says, "It can't be. He's not. He can't be." It's a book. It's a King James Version Bible in Braille. And yeah, so that so that's the big reveal of the
0: of the movie.
1: Yes, the fact that Eli was blind and yet he did all of those things. That's what makes people think that maybe it was divine interference or divine um, protection that he had, um, which is a possibility. It works for me either right and
0: yeah, so it's kind of like he, he said that he was led by faith and not by sight, and that's in this movie taking that very literally that literally he was guided by
1: his faith and so he didn't even need to be able to see and if we can go into that a little bit when when um, Salera is curious, one of the nights that they that they spent hiding from Carnegie, uh, she asks him How do, wh- what are you why are you carrying this book? where are you going where are you taking it and he, he explains. 30 years ago, after the war, and people burned this book because they blamed it for for the war. So they burned this book, but he found one. And he said that a voice inside of him told him where the book was and to take it west.
0: Yeah. Uh, He doesn't know exactly where he's going, but he has a, a, a direction to go in. Um, and he ends up, they end up in San Francisco. Is that right? No, or San it was Diego? San Francisco
1: because it was Alcatraz. But before we get there, okay. he says, he wants to know why. Oh, and, okay. and she says, you mean you're just doing that because a voice told you? And he says, I know what I heard. I'm not crazy. And that's when he talks about going by faith and not by sight. And of course she doesn't know yet that he's blind. Mm-hmm. And so they keep going right. West. Of course they, they limit, they, they, they keep going West. And they finally get to they cross the San Francisco Bridge, they get on a boat and they go to Alcatraz. And sure enough, he knows that he, that that's the right place. And that's another thing, the divine uh, angle. He knows, and how does he know that? You know, but he does. He knows that that, that he is at the right place. And then of course they ask him, you know, stop right there. Who? What are you doing? He says, I have a King James Bible. Uh, and and of course he doesn't have it anymore. Carnegie has it. So Salera looks at him like, how does he? And that's when we all find out that not only is he blind, but he's got it committed to memory. He dictates it, they write it, and they end up with a King James Bible and put it on the shelf. And the mission of those people at Alcatraz there, old Alcatraz, is they are wanting to recover all of the writings and and books so that humanity can look at them and see what the old humanity had at the right time.
0: Yeah, and I guess... That's what I'm saying. You can kind of interpret this a couple of ways. I kind of took it as, you know, knowledge is power, right? Like, um, and that people need that. They need to have a philosophy or a, a list of rules, guidelines. They need knowledge. They need to be able to make those decisions themselves, but they need to have access to that information. And I think even at the end, they put the Bible with a bunch of other religious yeah, texts, right? Quran, it's not the just the Bible. I think they have like there's, the some yeah. Hebrew
1: writings, maybe the Torah. And then the Bible and a few other.
0: But this idea of taking away all information so people don't have any choices to make is the wrong way to go. And I think that's the big thing that the movie's trying to emphasize.
1: I, and I agree. I agree that knowledge is power and that this whole thing is about knowledge. Um, but let me let me let me uh, tell you what I wrote for the ending. Eli finally gets to San Francisco and mm-hmm. Alcatraz. And there uh, is where we discover that he is blind and has memorized the book. The book is printed. And from Carnegie's view, though, the irony um, to finally finding the book was that he found it but can't read it, number one. It's poetic justice in a way because his unwilling, Mm -hmm. reluctant lover, Claudia, who stayed with him in order to survive, is blind. Therefore, she could read it but refuses. And then uh, at this time, most of his minions are dead. Uh, or the uh, and and they died because of, of obtaining the book. Him obtaining the book, Eli killed them, and now Carnegie cannot control his town. And we see towards the very end the people pillaging in the bar as as he collapses in defeat. And then Carnegie, to top it off, has a mortal wound, and he will most likely die soon because there's no antibiotics, and so. Um, that is kind of like yeah that's where
0: that whole like not having any knowledge thing does not come in handy no doctors <laughs>
1: exactly exactly and um so i think i, I think it, it's both you know uh, for for people that see it as a very good point that it was the bible um uh, it works and for people that think it was divinely that Eli was divinely appointed and uh, helped all the way through that works but i think it also works when you uh, think about the 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 power of one man with a single purpose. I think that's possible too. Uh,
0: yeah, that like your your own personal conviction and your own personal um, belief and drive can can take you really far. Absolutely. And a lot of people, or some people that I've talked to, had a really hard time with him being blind. They're like, that's just like suspending too much belief because they don't really introduce a lot of like supernatural and you know, realistically, would that be possible, you know, kind of things, but it didn't really bother me. I thought it worked for the story.
1: I think that people do the, some people do the impossible. You know, when you look back at musicians, um, uh, wars, um, heroic acts uh, in in history, some very, very normal people have done some very extraordinary, abnormal things. So that idea also works and I also want to want to um talk a little bit about some of the quotes in the in in the in this movie. It had some very good quotes that I'd like to go over if we can in, in closing. Okay, sure. One one question for me was why was Solara Eli's only convert? You notice? And she was she was his only convert in those 30 years. Um he didn't bring anybody else along. He believed that he even said, I spent so much time trying to to reading it and taking it to where it was going that I, I didn't bother to live it, you know? And so yeah. she's, but then again, he was not an evangelist. He was just a man taking a book across the United States because he believed in his mission. And some of the quotes at the bar, for example, uh, he says to the guy that brought in the books, he had murdered that couple along the way And um, had gotten the books and he says to him, murderer of innocent travelers on the road, I know who you are. You're going to account for the things you've done. And, you know, there's something about quoting scripture or prayers right before you send somebody into eternity. You remember the the movie, The Boondock Saints? Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite things is that they would recite these prayers and then they would kill a bunch of people or kill them and then recite. I can't remember which came first.
0: <laughs> yeah, they would like say it almost
1: like a warning in the
0: beginning before they'd start like opening
1: fire. Right, yeah, and then they wipe them all out. And so that, that, that <laughs> it, it kind of has that that play. He he. If you will notice, he he quotes scripture several times. Uh, also in the bar, um, before he kills the rest of the gang, he quotes from Genesis three. I looked this up, seventeen through through twenty roughly. It's paraphrased, and he says, "Cursed be the ground for our sake." both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for us for out of the ground we were taken for the dust from the dust we are and to the dust we shall return and then he slices mm-hmm. them all up
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like a lot of classic uh good westerns have have scripture like that in them too and and this is sort of like a post apocalyptic western
1: yeah yeah let me let me go back to the other quote that says in a sincere conversation that he has with Solari he says, "All these years, I've been carrying it and reading it every day. I got so caught up in keeping it safe that I forgot to live by by what I learned from it." And the simple version he he gives is the simple rule, uh, or the golden rule that says, "You know, do unto others as uh, better than treat others better than you would treat yourself." Is what he said. But it's mm-hmm. a very uh, yeah. it's the golden rule basically. And then the other yeah. quote that I liked was when he, when uh, Solera asked Eli to read something from the book and he quotes a portion of the 23rd Psalm and Solera likes it. And she says, wow, that's beautiful. Did you write that? And he says, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he confesses that he didn't write it, but rather it was there for a uh, long, long before you and me, he says, long before we got here. And then the funny one is where where he also quotes a line by Johnny Cash, a Johnny Cash song where he says um, it says it doesn't have to make sense. It's faith. It's faith. It's the flower of light in the field of darkness that's given me the strength to carry on. You understand? And she says, "What? What? Where, where did you Is that it written in that book?" Solara says. And he says, "No, that's Johnny Cash live from Folsom Prison." <laughs> that was I like that. And then Yeah. Yeah. The final quote of course is is the one that we should give at the very end of this um so I'll wait I'll wait for that once we wrap it all up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you know you, you you talked about the Boondock Saints and I think it might have cut out just for a second when we were talking but um you know when he would give like those speeches before opening fire it also kind of reminded me of like some older westerns, right? Don't they usually use like scripture in some of their monologues like
1: kind of like from a farmer quoting some of the king james
0: yeah yeah that's kind of what it made me think of in the movie because it it is kind of like a post-apocalyptic western in a way yes it is very much Uh,
1: you know like a farmer saying well you know god helps those that help themselves you know or something like that yeah
0: yeah well um you said you wanted to kind of wrap it up. There, were, there, were there any other things you wanted to mention before we?
1: Um, I, I wanted to give the final quote because it, it really puts a cap on this whole thing, on the movie, where he says uh, at the end he, he's, he's already uh, uh, quoted the scriptures and somebody's written it and written it out completely. They put it, they bound it, they printed it, they put it away. And he says, Dear Lord, thank you for giving me the strength and the conviction to complete the task you entrusted me to. So he believes that. Thank you for guiding me straight and true through many obstacles in my path and for keeping me resolute when all around seemed lost. Thank you for your protection and your many signs along the way. Thank you for any good that I may have done. I'm sorry about the bad. Thank you for the friend I made. Please watch over her as you watched over me. Thank you for finally allowing me to rest. I am so tired, but I go now to my rest in peace, knowing that I have done right with my time on this earth. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith, which is also part of a of a scripture that Paul the apostle wrote, and 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 then of course the end is I love the ending where you see Solara leaving and they say to her You can stay here, you know, we got plenty of food and place for you to live, and she says No, I have to go back. Um, uh, and she and they say Well, where are you going? And she says I'm going home, and then she's got yeah. She's got, his weapons his sword even his ipod and she takes off in that direction and it's like yeah you know
0: yeah i like that they did that with her character because you know she could have been a love interest or something like that but she ended up being more like a daughter to him i guess and like um, you know, she's sort of living out what he can't. And he he mentioned to her earlier in the film when she said she hated where she lived, that why didn't she change it? Mm-hmm. And she didn't see how she could. And, and now she kind of has, now that she's had that journey, that story arc, she's ready to go back
1: and do it herself. Exactly. And, you know, um, she was empowered. I, I would call her more, she became something of a daughter and a disciple. Because...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a protege kind of. Yeah. Like she was more than just like somebody that he cared about. It seemed like he was like grooming her to be like, to be like him.
1: And she wasn't wimpy. She did kill a number of those guys that were after her. She, killed a with yeah. a grenade. Uh, she, she strangled that driver that caused him to crash and she could have been killed. So she had, she had the metal uh, to, to be able to carry out a mission. And now that she learned from his example and, and all he had done, and then that he's blind too, she turns around, you know, girds her loins, so to speak, and now she's headed back home. And to be, she, she loves her mother. I think she wants to be good for her mother, possibly even good for that whole town because of what she...
0: Yeah, it seemed like she wanted to go back and be like a leader, yes. a better leader than Gary Oldman.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, liked, I liked her story because, you know, in a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, uh, the characters that females t- tend to play are not, you know, they're they're usually just being saved or killed. <laughs> like if you look at like the old, like uh, Mad Max movies, you know, I, I like those movies, but I'm just saying like they don't paint a very bright future for women in this post-apocalyptic landscape. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see a character sort of rise out of that um, before we got Mad Max Fury Road.
1: Right. Um, and somehow you believe yeah. that Solera is able, very able now, to go back and whatever gets in her way, she's going to be able to slice through it and 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 get to her mission. That she has mm-hmm. now.
0: yeah. Um, so I guess that brings me to my last couple of questions. Uh, what keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you've seen it so many times?
1: <laughs> believe it or not, a little bit of the violence in it. I like the act. <laughs> you know, I I I don't like a lot of violence, but in a movie, and you know where it's going, it's okay. You know, it's all for a very righteous, righteous purpose by a very righteous man. You know, and I I have to admit that I like I like um poetic justice. I like the fact that Gary Olman gets the book, but he can't read it, and uh, and his his wife, whom he's been or his lover, whom he's been mistreating for years, she um says no, I'm not going to do it. You know, or she, you know, so he gets
0: it. And he can't overpower her in that moment, even if he wanted to, because he's dying.
1: dying And then he he lost everything for the sake of the book. And 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 the good guy wins in the end. The bad guy loses. You know, that's very sad. Yeah yeah
0: i I liked it when i s back when I saw it i like you said I don't think I saw it in theaters i feel like i I feel like it was on d v d but I enjoyed it. I felt it was like a little underrated i I thought it w- was a pretty good film yes and I've seen it more than once
1: so i, I really liked I've it, it um and, go ahead and, and and many of them have not seen it and i I tell them to see it I think you're gonna like it
0: yeah I feel like I feel like it was pretty underrated I don't think it was like a huge success. Mm. But, um, but I think it was good. I, I mean, as far as that kind of movie goes, I think it stands out. It's a little different. Yes. Um, so what would you say to someone that's never seen this movie before? I would
1: say see this movie because if you like action. See it if you're a thinking man or woman. And see it if you want something more than just, uh, just uh, action entertainment.
0: Yeah, I think that idea at the end of, like, there being a, a bigger purpose and, you know, reading and all that, I I, I really like that. I think that's kind of what, what cements the movie for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, we agree. Yeah.
0: Yep, we agreed. Well, um, Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I really appreciated it. I feel like this is a movie that you and I have seen many times, so it's kind of cool to to break it down and discuss it.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, somebody always has a different take on it, and that's good to see and good to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thanks. I hope to have you back again soon.
1: Thank you. You take care.
0: All right. Bye. All right, bye. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I had a great time talking about this film. If you guys have any feedback on this episode or any others, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter under AYALisaCosplay. I'm also on Instagram under A-M-I-Lisa. Or in our closed Facebook group, I Love That Movie. Our group is closed, but just send a request and I'll add you. It's a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free. My only rule is keep it positive. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. If you leave a positive review on iTunes, you'll be entered to win a $20 gift card to movie theater chain of your choice. Right now we're at 20 reviews and I will draw again when we get to 30, so please leave one today. Uh, thank you so much and I look forward to hearing from you.